Welcome to CruxCast. Whether you're in your car, at work, or at home, we hope you enjoy this interview. And if you do, you can find more like it on cruxinvestor.com. So please subscribe. We caught up earlier today with Alex Black. He's the CEO of Rio2, a team with a track record in building mines, and they're just about to build another one. They explain how. So if you want our thoughts on that conversation, their plans for delivering the mine and the company itself, you can find that at cruxinvestor.com com forward slash club, where you can also find detailed company reports. There are commentaries from experts from around the world on a variety of companies and commodities. There are training videos on there to help you do your own diligence. There's summaries of other interviews that we have done just to save you a bit of time. And I think you'd quite enjoy joining our thriving community of investors, sharing their thoughts and ideas with each other in a nice, safe learning environment. And you can find that at cruxinvestor.com forward slash club. Alex, how are you doing, sir? Hey, Matt. How's things? Good to be back. Good to, good to be back. Good. Good to have you back. Like, has somebody asked me, like, you going back on there again? I said, yeah. I mean, they keep asking me and I'm happy to come back. I Definitely. think this is one of the best platforms on, uh, on the virtual side. Oh, thank you very much. We thought we'd call you up and talk about 2020. We're doing this for a few companies that we, we like and saying, well, let's just look back. What's happened? What has happened is a big, that's really, it's a tough one this year. But, um, you know, what would you have done differently? What could you have done differently? Are you happy? And then I want you at the end of it to award yourself a mark out of 10. How about that for an idea? But first, before we do that, why don't we kick off for the newbies, the the uh, the, the, the generalists, the Robin Hooders who seem to be swamping into the mining space. Give them that one minute overview of your business, then we can pick up the 2020 uh, theme. Yeah, uh, Rio2 is a one asset uh, uh, listed company, uh, listed on the on the TSXB. We have the Phoenix Gold Project in Chile. It's a 5 million ounce resource at M&I with about an additional 1.4 million ounces in inferred. It's the, um, it's rates in the top 10 gold discoveries in the last 10 years, uh, according to S&P Global. So, you know, we, we, we've got a project that we see has all the hallmarks of two of the previous projects we built in the last 10 years, which is La Reina and Shawinda and the old Rio Alto. And we see the same capability to do the same thing here with Phoenix. Okay. And I will look back at some of the interviews we've done with them before. We talked about business plans, strategies, management experience, which you just touched upon there, the project and, and some of the numbers. So rather than go through that today, uh, again, I'll put the link below and people can reference that. Okay. So 2020 has been a tough one for a lot of people, especially in South America. You're based in Peru, obviously, but your project down in Chile. It's, it's been a tough year, hasn't it? Yeah, no, it's been, been difficult. I mean, when you, when you can't travel to, to projects and as a mining person and all the mining people that are listening to this uh, interview know, it's, it's just un, uh, uncommon or unheard of not to be able to, and to be restricted and not to be able to go to your project. So we've had to manage that. Good thing is uh, early on this year, we didn't have a lot of site-based activity going on. Um, we filed our EIA back in April of this year. And so it's been more administrative during this COVID period. Um, we are now very active in the field under strict protocols. Um, determined by the Chilean authorities and, and ourselves. We have our own internal protocols as well. So, you know, we're kind of 
crawling back to normal um, on the activities side. But um, yeah, it's, it's been a different world this year. Yeah, it really has. And, you, and you've got to be careful in, in mining. I, I, like if we look at people like Cameco, they've shut down Scar Lake for the second time off the back of two, possibly three people who have been detected as having a, you know, coronavirus. You have to put people first. But shareholders perhaps don't necessarily understand the importance of that. We've run two mines in the past and we know the, you know, the complexities of doing that, running a mine. I can't imagine, and we're not doing it now, we're not running a mine right now. You know, I can't imagine the challenges that COVID presents a mining operation, particularly with people coming in and out. So, yeah, I wouldn't say that I'd be critical of Cameco. Um, I, I would just say that those who don't have that problem that Cameco does, does right now are probably pretty lucky. Yeah, yeah, it's tough. Well, look, um, let, let's look at some of the things that you have been able to control some of the things you have been able to to do because um, it's it's mining. You're in charge of problem solving every day and risk mitigation every day. So I mean, talk us through what you have been able to achieve this year. Yeah, so this is a great opportunity to, to give a bit of a wrap up. Um, you know, over the last uh, 12 months, we've been very, very active. Um, we haven't been drilling. So there hasn't been these sexy drill intercepts coming out like a lot of other companies have been putting out during this year, unfortunately. But we are sitting on this, uh, you know, sizable resource, so uh, we're happy about that. But back in April, we um, uh, purchased um, some strategic infrastructure near our project, and that's where we're basing a lot of our, our activities right now. It's 20 kilometres from the mine site. At an elevation of about 3,200, our mine site's about 4,500, and there's a 20 kilometer um, uh, uh, differential in, in, in access. Um, so we purchased that infrastructure, it cost us $1.5 million. That will, over time, because of camp, because of power, because of water, will um, uh, contribute to cost savings of tens of millions of dollars over the 16 year mine life of the current project. So that's been a, a, a great achievement. Uh, we filed our EIA back in uh, April with the Chilean authorities. Um, that went into a bit of a hiatus there for a few months because the Chilean authorities, because of COVID, and even though this is a desktop analysis, the first part of any EIA process is the public consultation um, uh, meetings that they call. And because they couldn't call them, um, you know, we sort of sat there on the desk for a period of time. I'm going to come back to that because I'm going to talk about what activities are going on right now. But uh, public consultation has has happened. Uh, the other thing we did in April was we um, we publicly stated that we've identified some uh, you know short activity in our stock, and this is something that happens to a lot of junior companies not only in the mining game, but uh, you know, throughout the, the markets. Um, we've been doing some interesting research on all that, not necessarily on the shorting, because we've identified we've got an imbalance of about 6 million shares, not in Canada, predominantly in the US, because we're listed on the OTCQX and we're also listed on the TSX. But the interesting thing that's come to light of late is our trading patterns. You know, things have died down in, in our volumes, but we only trade about a third of our stock on the TSX. 
uh, venture exchange. And two thirds of our stock is traded on what's known as an alternative trading system, right? And another name for alternative trading systems is, is like a dark pool, right? And brokers like any other, any brokers, you know, Canaccord, Scotia, whoever, whatever can, can trade or elect to trade on these alternative trading systems. So here we are as a company trading two thirds of our stock on the alternative trading system and one third on the TSXB. So we've, we've started to ask questions um, about that of the, of the venture exchange and say, well, why is that happening? And why aren't we trading more stock on your exchange? We're regulated by your exchange the alternative trading systems are not regulated, right? So it's an interesting phenomenon. I'm bringing that up, not only for investors, but also for other CEOs that might be watching this, is check out your stock, check out your trading patterns of your stock and find out where the stock is trading. And I can tell you in our case right now, and hopefully this changes, but two thirds of our trading, of daily trading happens on alternative trading systems. Do you know much about that, Matt? I do. Well, I think you kindly um, introduced me to someone talk, and we talked about naked shorting, and we yeah. and we're seeing it on a few companies that we've interviewed where it it just sort of beggars belief what's going on with regards to you know as you say this kind of dark pool uh, activity, and what's more strange to me is the exchange does nothing about it. They're not incentivized, it seems, to do much about it, and well, certainly not enough. Let me put it like that. Well, we're challenging them because there, there are other exchanges. Um, there's, there's a technology exchange um, which has been marketing, and they've come to us. Uh, it's called Neo N E O, and uh, they are a regulated uh, exchange. But apparently, what they're marketing is the fact that they're cheaper than the TSX. Um, they, they provide all the, all the facilities that the TSX does, uh, et cetera, et cetera. So, you know, yeah, our question, and we are talking to the TSX Venture Exchange, is, is what are you doing for us? You know, why, why are we listed on the TSXV? And why is all this other uh, competition cropping up? And what are you doing about it, right? So, you know, it's good for people to know about this. Um, it's, you know, I'm not saying it's a serious problem, but it's, it's, it's an interesting aspect of having a junior company in trading. And I've looked at some other companies with different profiles to us, and the balance is the other way around. Um, alternative trading systems might be, you know, a third, whereas TSX is two thirds. In our case, it's the other way around. Anyway, I just thought I'd uh, cover that and, and, and I'll move on to, to other achievements as well. In May, uh, we announced the appointment of um, Flavia Fuentes, who's our manager of legal and permitting in Chile. Um, we also uh, announced Edgardo Briones, who's our construction manager. Edgardo will be um, based in and out of Chile. Um, he's Peruvian. Uh, Edgardo's in Chile right now, managing a whole bunch of work that's going on. I'll talk about that in a minute. So, so that, that were two important appointments uh, for us back in May. In July, we announced uh, uh, the appointment of our um, contract mining alliance partner in Stracon. Um, that was an important milestone for us to demonstrate that we're serious about building this. Um, the mining alliance is something quite interesting. <clears throat> it was something that we did for the first time ever uh, for any mining company in Peru back in, uh, in 2009, 2010 with La Reina. Um, alliance characteristics typically collective responsibility, 
collective sharing of risks and opportunities, uh, a no-fault, no-blame philosophy leading to no disputes between owner and contractor. Typically, in an in a owner-contractor environment, you're all at each other every month, disputing invoicing and stuff like that. So we've, we've, we've negated that from occurring. We, we work on unanimous best for project um, decisions uh, and solutions. And uh, we also put together an integrated contractor and owner team rather than having two separate teams to put them together. So that avoids duplication of roles and obviously duplication of costs. And the cost, the way that it's managed is, it, you know, the contractor gets reimbursed their cost, um, they get paid a fee, and there's also KPIs introduced, which reward, reward for positive performance and also penalise for, for uh, poor performance. So it, it's, it's a win-win for both sides. Um, we collectively own the project with our contractor. We ensure collaboration and everything's open book transparency. So when, when we say the mining cost is $2.10 or $2 a tonne, we know exactly what makes up that $2. It's not just a number the contractor's thrown in us and we're going to pay him for. So that it's, it's very unique. And a lot, a lot of other companies have started to implement an alliance strategy here in, in South America is where my, most of my experience is um, based on our success and, and, and um, leading the way back in 2009. Um, then, we, then we, in September, we announced uh, uh, Sixth Wave. We had uh, um, teamed up with them. Uh, they have the Ixos mining technology. Um, it's a technology where they substitute polymers for carbon, carbon in the absorption process. Um, polymers, if they work, will reduce your operating costs, will reduce your water consumption, will reduce, um, you, know, you know, will just make it a lot easier and also reduce some of the capex. Now, we're not looking for this technology to replace what we're going to start the project with. We're looking at as a potential opportunity to introduce when we expand the project from 20,000 tonnes a day to whatever size we go to. And our, our objective is eventually to go to about 80,000 tonnes a day. So it'll either work or it won't, but we announced that. And they currently have <coughs> received the... Um, the um, uh, the, the test sample and uh, working on that now. So we'll see how that pans out. Uh, we also announced in September the um, appointment of our construction contractors under an alliance agreement. Struck on a part of that, they will do the civil construction component. HLC will do the process plant and Andes will do the um, civil design. Uh, once again, working under an alliance, we all work together, we all uh, collaborate, uh, we share ideas, and it's all very transparent. So that was announced back in September, and, and, and that's already started. There's work going on in the field right now. Um, in October, we announced an exploration strategy to complement our M&A activities that, that are ongoing. Um, <clears throat> that was to say, okay, we're in Chile, um, why don't we capitalise on the fact that we're in that country? Why don't we look at expanding our footprint in Chile? Um, and we'll, we'll spend, you know, a few hundred thousand dollars over the next 12 months in 
establishing a foothold on an exploration front in the country. Uh, that exploration hopefully will eventually be funded from cash flow from, from Phoenix and uh, is not a big impost on, on uh, available capital that we have at the moment. We also announced in October um, the appointment of Scotia Bank as our financing advisor for, um, for Phoenix. Um, they have been uh, soliciting uh, financiers uh, to look at financing the project. Um, and we also have been working in tandem with that on looking at alternative financing uh, solutions, <clears throat> which we've talked about on previous interviews. I'm not going to go into a lot of detail on that now, but um, um, financing activities are, are in motion. And we also announced in October um, our uh, <clears throat> achievement of obtaining surface rights from the government of Chile for everything that we need for our project, 845 hectares, I think it was. And so they're all the things that we achieved during the year. Um, we also attended numerous conferences during the year. Uh, the key ones were, uh, we attended uh, one to one in New York and London. We also did one in Asia uh, to try and see if we could attract some Asian interest in, in our story, um, that was okay. Uh, we also did Denver Gold and Beaver Creek. Um, we did the World Golf Forum in Zurich, and we recently, and that was back in April, and we recently attended the uh, Scotia Mining Conference. We were one of the only junior companies at the Scotia Mining Conference, which was held virtually, typically in Toronto, uh, normally face-to-face -face in Toronto, sorry. Um, but we just did that recently. And, uh, and so we've been out there telling the story um, and, and we've been very busy. Yeah, that's quite a list. I didn't want to interrupt. You've built two mines before. <laughs> you know what you're doing. Um, but just a few things I, I just I do want to sort of ask about, obviously. So you mentioned uh, EIA submitted in April. Um, obviously, face-to-face -face meetings need to happen. Uh, you know, consultations need to happen with the locals. So where is that in the process, if I may? Okay, so... So just um, a couple of weeks ago, we had our um, public consultation uh, meeting in, in Copiapo. So that milestone was achieved. And following that milestone, um, we followed up with what's known as open house, where we had an open area, um, an, an outdoor area with a, with a tent over it actually because of COVID. Um, where we had lots of information put on walls and, and, and in, in writing so that people could come by over a period of uh, several days and ask questions of our uh, personnel in Chile about the project. Um, that then leads to uh, those people and the people that attended the, uh, the community consultation meeting um, to then table formally with the Chilean authorities any observations they would like to make in relation to um, our study. One interesting thing that's come out of all this, and I know people will be interested in this, is not one question was raised about trucking the water, right? <laughs> There's about to be, because so I'm going to ask it. <laughs> one person asked a question about trucking the water. Okay, so let's do that now, though, because I've got people who are still talking about. I think you've addressed it over, you know, numerous uh, conversations that we've had. 
but it's just not going to go away because there are stories in the marketplace. You know, look at onmining.com, et cetera, and others, other sites. People are talking about examples in the past, but just doesn't work. You've got to build big, expensive desalinization options here. You've got, um, you've got, you've got to spend a lot of money. You've, you're not going to be able to do it anytime soon. So it's a big problem, apparently. What's, what's your answer to that? Well, it's not a problem for the project we're going to build. Remember, we're building a 20,000 tonne a day project. It's our starter project. It can go for 16 years on trucked water. That's it. Punto, as we say here in, in, in Peru. And the future of the project, from an expansion perspective, depends on other sources of water. And we've talked about that many times. We've said that we realize that Chile is a challenging environment to apply and achieve water rights from the ground, right? Or from subterranean or continental, whatever you want to call the water. We understand that. We've identified that. We've broadcast that. So we know, you know, we're not, we're not going to just miraculously come up with that water. However, there are numerous other sources of water related to desal projects. There's some independent desal projects being built around Copiapo to provide the mining industry and several mining operations with solutions. We are one of those candidates. We also have always had the opportunity to buy more water from the water retreatment facility that we're going to truck water from and pipe that water to the project that is doable that comes with capex and opex that is one of our options we've always said that um, we've never you know uh, pushed that to one side so what is going on right now is we're evaluating all those various options and we're going to put those options into a pa for the expansion of the project but apart from expanding the project, for the next 16 years, on an average of about 100,000 ounces of gold production a year, we can truck water. And there isn't any problem in doing that. Here's, here's the question, which is, can you do it economically? What is your ASIC? Are you going to spend all your money on getting the water to site? Or are you going to, is it, how much more does it add to your ASIC? Um, not a lot. I mean, we know what the cost of our water is right now. It's about $100 an ounce, okay? For us to then um, bring up water in a pipe for a much bigger project, it's not going to be much more than that. What is clear is that there's a CapEx component, right? The CapEx component, just from a ballpark perspective, for a pipe going from Copiapo to our project is about $150 million. So it's not stratospheric, it's, it's doable. But a lot of the providers that we've been talking about for bringing up water from Copiapo have said that they can potentially build that pipe for us and build it into the cost, right? So therefore, you're not going to see an ASIC immediately shoot up to 1500 bucks because we're going to be uh, piping the water up from copy of Pope. No, we'll, our ASIC will, will be around this $1,000 mark. 
that we're seeing right now uh, projected. Okay. I guess the interesting thing to me is when I look at companies that are producing and they're producing around the 100,000 ounce a year level, and we've got done, yeah. you know, there's lots of comps to look at. There are, you know, five, 600 million market cap companies, um, but they're producing. You're at the, at the moment, you're, you've got a long ways to go to kind of, you know, get to the point where you can actually get the financing in place to actually produce this, haven't you? I mean, how, how much longer do people have to wait for you to um, you know, get to the point where you can actually start building something? April next year. I mean, we've said that we will be doing a lot of pre-construction work starting in April, May next year. And then that will lead on through a phased construction program that will terminate in about September, October of 2022. And you'll see first gold by the end of 2022. So the things we've got to deal with in Chile from the point of view of construction is the permitting process. And permitting started already. We're going through that. There's hundreds of permits you have to get. And so by April, we'll be in a position to start building and refurbishing our camp at our infrastructure site. Um, we'll be able to start looking at preparing uh, access roads from that infrastructure site to to the mine site that you can see on the on the photo in the back, um, and um, you know so activities will will be happening. The other good thing about what we're building is we're building an adsorption desorption uh, plant for a heap leach project, and an adsorption desorption plant is essentially pipes, tanks, pumps, right. We have also included single-stage crusher, right? Now, we are doing work right now, and we've not talked about it because we'll unveil this once we've got all the results, but we've been drilling and blasting. Believe it or not, I've got videos of a blast at Phoenix going off, our first blast of drilling going on of material being um, brought down to our infrastructure site, of building leach pads for run-of-mine testing. We've also built a metallurgical laboratory on site, which is a series of, of, of uh, leach columns that will be doing ongoing testing, not only for this run-of-mine, but also once we start mining. It's something that you know every, every company like ourselves will have next to their, next to their mine to continue to, to, to look at the leach characteristics of the material as, as the mine ages. So we're doing all that right now. There's a lot of activity going on on site. And um, so um, the financing, sure, is a big part to ensuring that we can do this uh, phased construction program. That will be in place by April, May. As I mentioned, we started and engage Scotia as our advisor in October. Uh, CAs have gone out, CAs have come back just recently from a lot of parties who are gonna be looking at this. And in tandem with that, we're looking at our own financing option, not equity, but doing our own um, maybe listed security related to um, some sort of stream from the project. It's essentially to me, you're not concerned about the water. You've got a solution for the next 16 years to produce 100,000 ounces a year in your in your phase one. You're not non-expanded solution. 
If, however, you guys decide to expand this, you've got a solution for that from the current water supply, which will involve spending circa 150 million bucks, which does not change your ACE, it does not change your margins whatsoever. Your concern is, well, let's get the, the permits in place and get the, get the process going. You're, you're doing every, everything you can do on the, on the ground that you're allowed to do in preparation for this. So I guess the, the, the real thing that people should be looking at is the timing of, and I think I suggest the only thing they should be looking at is the timing of when your finance is put in place. Yeah, I mean, you know, once again, uh, I, I keep guiding that that financing will be in place by April, May next year, and then we'll be on our way. Um, you know, I, I, I you know, will, will it exactly happen that way? Um, maybe, maybe not, but that's our guidance, and that's how we operate our business. We put out guidance and we try and execute and deliver as we say. But they're not going to put that financing in place until your permit, all your permits are in place for what you need, right? No, 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 no. You think I mean, they'll? No, 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 no. Really? Yeah, no. We're we're looking at a staged build of this asset. You know, we're not going to wait until the end and fire the gun and get going. There are things that we can do. And coming back to the plan, because it's pipes, tanks, pumps, we can do a lot of that fabrication off-site, right, at our infrastructure site. So we can have tanks already fabricated, pumps sitting there ready to be assembled, you know, connected, all, all, the, uh, all the pipes ready to be connected. And when the final construction permit comes up, all it is is an assembly exercise on-site because everything has been prefabricated, but we've got to pay for the prefabrication. Okay. So whoever can finance this is going to finance us through that process to the point where we can assemble on site. Right. So the, the point I was getting to was like that financier is not going to lend because money's money, right? They're not going to give you money for whatever simple process until they fully. Okay. Banks will lend you money once you've got everything nailed down and uh, a construction permit in place. That's how banks do it, right? There's a lot of covenants and milestones and other things. We will not be borrowing money from a bank. No way. The people we're talking to are resource lenders, right? They lend on the back of, you know, uh, some, uh, some sort of instrument, on the back of a stream, on the back of a royalty, but they understand this business. People like Orion, people like uh, Franco Nevada, people like Sprott Lending, they all know this business and they all compete very well against the typical finance banks. But what I'm, what, what I'm getting at, Alex, is those people who know what they're doing, who do it, who are specialist lenders, understand what it is that you're doing. So we, exactly. as retail investors, should get some surety of that and go, well, I'll tell you what, if it's good enough for them, they're not going to put their money onto something they don't think is ever going to get in production or be able to be monetized in some way. So therefore, we should we should trust the fact that they are lending the money in the first place. That's where I was getting yeah. to. Look, if we announce in April, May that we've teamed up with Sprott Lending or, or, or Orion or you know, Franco Nevada or whoever. I mean, you know, there's lots of other names. Um, yeah, people should be really comfortable that we've teamed up and we've got 
we've got everything in place and all we've got to do is execute and deliver from that point. So that's, 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 you know, that's where we're, that's where we're heading. Okay. Right. Okay. Well, that's something to look forward to. Um, So, so, I guess some of those discussions have started uh, in early stages with, with Scotiabank reaching out to these people. Well, Scotia, what Scotia have done, they're the advisor. They've sent out a bunch of um, CAs to each of these groups, right? I can't remember how many have come back. There's probably at least more than 10, right, uh, groups have come back to us uh, with signed CAs. So they're now in a data room looking at all the data and um, by... Uh, we're thinking by about mid mid uh, January, by the end of January, we will have indicative offers in place, right? And then once we've got indicative offers, we then uh, pick one or two uh, preferred um, uh, financiers to go go through to the next stage. But in tandem, <coughs> excuse me, sorry, I've got a bit of congestion. But in tandem to this, you know, we've also tried to look at alternative ways of doing a financing ourselves. Right, without involving huge amount of equity, and I've talked about that before, but I'm not, you know, I can go on for that for a long time. It's going to be something. If we can come up with it, it's going to be something quite unique. Right. Okay. Um, just a few other things. Just want to sort of clear up because again, I'm asking these questions because there've been people have sent us in lots of questions. I mean, there's some people being brain, you know. No, this is great because this is this is a 101 about how a junior goes from nothing exactly. to building a model. Going to see that. That's why I like this platform that you've got because I'm going to keep coming back, and we're going to review some of these things that I've been saying. And I said, "See, I said that back then, and I see I said that back then, and and you know that's what it's all about." So I'm glad to do this. Yeah, it's it's, it's like a 101 session for for investors. Uh, well, absolutely, and you know they, they, we we've got investors of all capabilities and levels of experience and and, and access. Um, so um, not many juniors, not many juniors that you cover are going to build mines. Oh, I know right. that. We're very, so, we're very clear. I'm glad, to be, I'm glad to be a case study for you. Thank you. Right. Okay. So let, let's, if I may, talk about what happens. Okay. You've said, right, between now and April, May, we're going to get our money in order. Uh, at that point, we, we are, let's say, 18 months to production, right? So during that 18 months, that's an important phase. You've got to obviously... Build a build a mine, you know. You've got to you've got to get it ready for for production, or build a plant, which in process, whatever you're you're putting through it. But um, you've also got to be careful with your money because you've talked about exploration there in terms of expanding your footprint, and I think that's great for Blue Sky. But do you think, in terms of the way that market's looking at you, you need to kind of get focused on one the money, and then two the FID, the you know the process of actually getting everything coming together so that you're building this plant. Uh, once they see that, you'll get this kind of re-rate. Because, again, I keep coming back to the point, if you can be a 100,000-ounce-a-year producer, you're a $500, $600 million market cap company, right? That's what's happening today at today's prices. So how focused are you? Oh, so what precisely do you think you need to be focused on delivering for the market? Well, just as you said, I mean, we have to be focused on on all these pre-activities that we're doing now. Um the financing process, getting in that place, and then running hard from that uh, that particular point. Um, you know, it's not a difficult process. It's 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 very clinical, right? And uh, 
and people will see that. I mean, it's going to be great to be able to demonstrate how we get this from zero to 100. And, um, um, yeah, it's exactly as you said. It's very prescriptive. Um, you know, we're going to do it. You know, we, we've done it twice before, <laughs> and I'm super confident. Nothing's keeping us up at night right now. I mean, apart from dealing with COVID and dealing with, um, you know, I mean, but there's no technical things keeping us up dealing with no, I mean, I still don't know where the money's going to come from and what the money solution is going to be, but I'll be, I'll, I'll have that in place in April. So nothing's really keeping us up at night. We just, we, we know exactly what we want to do and we're, we're on our path, right? We're doing it. No, I, find, I just find it interesting. The simplicity is surprising because if I listen to promotional stories, it's very complicated because I'm being distracted by things which just don't matter. And I think that that's what I'm learning when we're looking at identifying companies that will actually be mines and others which are mining the market, I think this is the cliche. Yeah, I mean, look, we're mine builders. And at the end of the day, you know, mining is, you try and simplify everything. You know, you try and bring everything down. Don't get excited. You know, my team is so good, you know. Uh, you know, the team that we've put together is fantastic. It's not me, right? It's a bunch of people behind this wall. So we're all planted. We all know what we've got to do. And we're all heading in the right direction. I mean, one of the things that we've done <coughs> over the last six months is we've spent a lot of time on management coaching. And this is something you might think a big company might do, but we've done a lot of that over the last six months. What that, what, what's that all about? That's about aligning ourselves and strengthening our management team, not by bringing in more people, but getting the people that we've got in place really humming like a V12 Ferrari engine, right? We're trying to be as, as cohesive as we can We've reinforced our purpose, our mission, our vision, our values, you know, and that's all part of bedding ourselves down and getting ourselves on the path to building a mind. You've got to calm down, right? A lot of people that show that, you know, it's, it's all fizzy is because they've not done it before or they've got some special technology that's never been tried before or whatever. We don't have any of that. This is vanilla, vanilla gold heap leaching in the middle of Chile, right? In an arid area. See them, see the photo behind me. It's all about just understanding what you've got and going. So yeah, you're not gonna see a lot of fizz come out of me. I mean, I'm <laughs> I'm pretty 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 uh, you know cool. Well, I'm, that's why you Yeah, I think I think I think it is. Like I say, we, we we're constantly trying to help educate the people watching this what to look for, what to avoid, and, and don't get me wrong. I think the the markets can move on on sentiment. It, you know, it can it can move. Um, there's the, the momentum can be there for lots of reasons other than fundamentals, but they don't last, tend to last too long, um, which is why we can like the fun, fundamentally strong assets, strong projects, strong management teams. This company is going to live and die, or die, live or die, by execution and delivery, right? 
So we're laser focused on execution and delivery, right? And the beautiful thing is we've got a simple project. No water challenges. No community challenges that we can see. We're not disrupting. We're not moving a town to build this mine. We're not moving people to build this mine. We're on a main road between Chile and Argentina. The infrastructure is fantastic. We've got everything in our favour. We're just, you know, planted people who are going to build this mine. And everybody who's, who's, who watches your, uh, uh, your interviews is going to see this over the next 18 to 24 months. Okay. So, so tell me this. Looking forward, what is it that you want to do during 2021? Matt, you know, quite honestly, we've been very active on M&A. And I believe, I'm a big believer of M&A in the junior space and consolidation. So I'm hoping that during 2021, apart from advancing Phoenix as we're doing, that we become a part of consolidation and M&A, that we don't remain a single asset company. That's my ambition for 2021. That's my wish that I'm going to put under the Christmas tree. Um, and and, and that's, that's, that's truly what we want to do. We, we, we know that we want to be part of something very successful. But to do that on our own is very difficult. Consolidation is the way. Which way? Are you buying or is someone buying, someone else buying? Um, I don't know. I don't know. And uh, um, I don't have that answer, but I can tell you there's, we have been very active in M&A and uh, it hasn't worked for us so far, but it, there, is will, there are wheels turning on background and we are, we, are, we, are, we are doing our best to become a very interesting mining company, not with just one asset in the Atacama region of Chile. Multi-asset. Multi-jurisdictional? Potentially, yeah. Okay. Watch this space, folks. You heard it here first. (laughs) Okay, Alex, lovely to talk to you. Uh, Let's stay in touch and let's uh, let's, get get that ball rolling with the acquisitions and uh, more importantly, funding. Yeah, thanks, Matt. And and thanks to you and your team uh, for, for getting us on this platform during this year. Um, it's a great platform. want to wish you guys all the health. I know you're in the UK, which is uh, COVID uh, central right now. Um, stay safe, stay happy, have fun with your families, um, and I look forward to seeing you in the new year. Thanks, Alex. Thank you for listening. If you've enjoyed the interview, why not subscribe to Cruxcast or our website, cruxinvestor.com, and, of course, our YouTube channel, Crux Investor. Plus, you can catch us most days on Twitter and LinkedIn. We really love getting your feedback, so please keep it coming and we'll speak to you again soon.